Beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce. I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, head brewer, and owner of Trek Brewing in Columbus, Ohio, is John Ream. And John, everyone wants to know how you're doing and what is in your glass tonight. I'm doing great. I'm on cloud nine this week, which we'll get into in a little bit here. Oh, but okay. uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm drinking a Goza. Okay, uh, tonight from Highwire Brewing out of uh, Asheville. Oh, so. oh! Now, how did you come across this beer? Uh, I talked with some folks about their beer, um, so I'm trying out a few. But uh, they they are available in our area. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, this one they do with coriander and pink Himalayan salt. Oh yeah, so. yeah. I, I've I've had uh, gozas with the uh, pink Himalayan salt. I think that's like a really good salt to use. Yeah, this one's pretty, uh, I think, very approachable um, for Salo. It's not not overly tart. It's actually pretty uh, pretty easy going down um, and kind of get some uh, some nice, smooth, like, stone fruit type character from it. Okay. So, okay, good. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Nice. So, how about you? How you doing? What are you drinking? Well, I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm a little bit tired, but we'll talk about that as well a little bit later. But I'm full of teases tonight. Yes, yes. We want to keep people engaged <laughs> so they keep listening and find out what is going on with these guys. And you will. You'll find out. Don't worry. But I am drinking a beer that I hadn't had for a while. Um, it's, it's one that I hadn't had since I've been on Untapped, as far as I know. And it's from Left Coast Brewing out of San Clemente, California. It's the Asylum Belgian Style Triple L. And this sucker is 11.8%, 22-ounce bottle. I'm going big on the show. I want to make sure I can uh, get loosened up uh, fairly quick because I'm kind of tight. And uh, this one, um, I, I already logged it in untapped as we were getting prepped for the show. I uh, took some sips and I wasn't very impressed. Um, it's getting a little bit easier to drink as as it warms up and because it's about 100 degrees in my office right now. Uh, the beer warmed up pretty fast. And now the, the booziness isn't quite as – I think now that it's cooled down, it's the, the booziness isn't as, as high as it was when I first put this on Untapped because uh, I took my first sip, and I'm like, woo, this has got some booze to it. And then as it went down, it left like a whiskey burn down my esophagus. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be hard to drink. But either my esophagus is numb to the uh, after the first effect, or it's not quite as bad as it was at the first I started drinking it. So, what, what do you think, John? Do you think that I'm just numb to it now, or is it is it mellowing out? I don't know, but I, I, <laughs> that that could be a tough a tough style at 100 degrees. Yeah, you know? yeah, I know. I, I wasn't thinking. I should have not gone. exactly beaten the heat beer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought it was going to be more light and refreshing. It's got a good body, though. I will say that one thing is nice is that it does have a, a decent body. My mouth, the mouth feels really nice. Um, it's just that that burn really, oh gosh, it really took me away from the beer. I gave it a two and a half rating because it just was hurtful going down. But yeah, you're right. I should have gone. I had a, uh, I had one 
prismatic IPA in the fridge. I thought, well, you know what? That's not going to last me long because I drink that in about two seconds. And then the, the other stuff I had, I had some sours and some, I, I just want to do a sour tonight. Uh, and this is, this was in my, you know, in my fridge. I'm like, you know what? I've had this for a while. Let's bust it open and see how it goes. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it gets better as it goes. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted if I actually am starting to enjoy this more. But I will say that it does have a pear, uh, fruit character in a finish, uh, which is, I do enjoy that, that character in a beer. A uh, little peri, little peri fruit. So, and it's it's pretty clear. It's got lots of nice bubbles coming through it. And like I said, it has a, a decent uh, body mouthfeel. Uh, you know, you feel like you're drinking a, a beer, not something light and watery. So, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Okay, guys. Hey, I mean, guy, because it's only you. I guess I can talk to the listeners, guys, gals. But uh, let's get on with the show because everyone wants to find out what we've been doing. But before we do that, let's just talk about what Tap to Craft Podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to help you along in your craft beer journeys. And you're listening to episode 99. 99. We're one away from 100. The big Ooh. 100 show is coming up. And what do we have planned for that? Don't ask me. I, I don't know. But let's not worry about that. Let's just focus on 99 right now. And we're recording Sunday, May 6th, 2018. And in this episode, we are going to discuss a unique German beer style called the Alt Beer. And why in the world would we pick a topic like this? Why talk about an obscure beer that, you know, not many people probably have heard of or even tried? And if you have, you're probably wondering, wow, this is a weird beer. Well, it's because every so often, like most of the topics that we discuss on this show, it all comes about me having a beer that just kind of opened my eyes to a style, and I want to find out more about it, and I want to talk to our listeners about it, and that's what happened this time. I had the beer from North Coast Brewing called Alt Nouveau. Nouveau. I guess it's Nouveau, huh? Art Nouveau. Alt Nouveau. Yeah. It's like a play on words, I guess, um, which I'm assuming means the new alt. Is that what Nouveau? I think that's kind of what that means, right? N nouveau. I don't know. I'm not uh, a wordsmith, but... Uh, I had this beer. I always like. I I've pretty much enjoy everything that North Coast Brewing does. They, if you're not familiar with this brewery, they're out of California. They do the Great Old Rasputin Imperial Russian Imperial Stout. Love that beer. They also do a really good kind of. Uh, I don't even know what style it is. It's called the the. Uh, oh, Crimshaw. Uh, the Crimshaw. Scrim Scrimshaw. Scrimshaw. Yeah, that's it. Scrimshaw. Do you know what style that is, John? Uh, I used to, cause I, I, used I used to, to see it all the time at the bottle shop. Yeah. It's, um, I, I want to say it's a Pilsner, but I don't think it is a Pilsner. I think it's something similar to that, but I'll tell you what, it's a really good. Right. It's Pilsner. Is it a Pilsner? All right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really good. And again, back in the days when I wasn't really into Pilsners, um, that was one of the first Pilsners or beers like of that style character that i really enjoyed and uh again I, I i grabbed this stuff when they come in i hadn't had this before and i was very impressed very impressed with this beer very unique characters um that i had to talk about i had to find out more about it i want to share it with all of you out there so that is why we're going to talk about the alt beer in this episode of course you can always count on john and i having some great conversation along the way you've already had or heard some of it and we're going to keep carrying on as we go. Uh, so let's get started with some great conversation talking about 
Trek Brewing. John, fill us in on all the happenings at Trek. All right. So we had a, a little bit of stuff happen, um, like our 15-barrel system being delivered. Mm. Um, so we, we had everything disconnected. It, it came over. I do have a video up of one oh. of the tanks being set in place uh, okay. on the, the Facebook, Trek Brewing Facebook page. You can check it out. Um, it was the one I was able to get done. Uh, we, we also had some electricians there that day that were cleaning up some stuff. And, uh, after I got that Facebook live thing done, they ended up turning off all the lights in the brewery. So like there was enough light to work, but nothing was coming through in the camera very well. So I, uh, only got the one, uh, video up there, but, uh, yeah, we, we've got it in house, which is <laughs> feels like I've been waiting forever for this yeah. to happen. Yeah. Um, and uh we started working on it uh right away it, the the brew house is set in place and anchored um to the ground um so um monday we've got folks coming in to start uh doing the steam piping okay uh for the boiler and uh, getting all that set in place um and uh yeah i'm i'm just excited that this is actually actually happening now so <laughs> um but uh yeah i don't i don't know it's just it's been a kind of kind of surreal uh, like this, you know the thing that we've been working towards is actually actually happening mm -hmm. you know and it, it, we you know we've been open and but you know it's pretty much just been a two month plus soft open at this point um we're still working through things and, you know, it's just the pilot system, but, uh, you know, it, it kind of feels like once we, we get this, this brew house up and running, that will actually, you know, the brewery will actually be open. You know, I don't know it's, if I'm making any sense on that, but it just feels, I don't know. It yeah. has a sense of finality to it yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. in terms of the, the startup. No, because that's what you, so. I mean, yeah, you've got the pilot system. It gets you going, gets you started so that now, you know, you had some delays and waiting for the, the main brew system come in, but I have to applaud you for planning ahead. Even before you knew the delays, you were ready for them by saying, you know what, we're going to get this thing going. We're going to have a pilot system anyway. We want to have a pilot system that we can do fun stuff with without, you know, devoting full 15 barrels worth of, of something experimenting. So you already had a plan to have pilot beers to do experimental stuff. So that was already in the works. Get that set up and then work up to the 15 barrel that that was delayed but you know what your plan worked out because you were able to add a couple more fermenters get enough beer going and get those doors open to bring people in and get excited about the brewery about the beers you can produce so that when that 15 barrel system does come the words already out there beer gets out to more places and it's just going to be gobbled up and you're going to be you know Rolling in a dough, right? It's going to be like raining, <laughs> raining bills all over the place. And hey, good job! And yeah, I, raining bills that I'm paying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's fantastic. I'm excited to finally have the big brew system because I think Dwight, I'm going to guess why it doesn't feel real until that big brew system is because it feels like you're doing what you were doing before in your garage, right? A small system. Yeah, you were brewing like a like a commercial brewery with the system, but you weren't really, you're just brewing for fun and, and enjoyment and stuff. And even with the pilot system being a one barrel system, it still was small enough where it didn't feel like it was a full on 
you know, brewery. Now you have your big system in that feels real. And uh, I think it's great. And I can't wait to hear about your first batch, you know, starting and, and, and working the kinks out and, and pumping out some, some major kegs out of that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to it, especially, you know, cause it's the question that we answer all the time mm-hmm. in the tap room. Why are you only open two days? Well, you should be open more. I'm like, yeah, I agree. We should be open more, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we, we just, we tell that the same story, you know, so many times, um, for people coming in. So, uh, it's going to be nice not to have to do that anymore and be like, yeah, we don't just have these three or four beers. We've got you know, <laughs> 10 beers that you can try out. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah, man, so kind of stay, stay up on Facebook and everything. I'll be posting up more like photos and stuff as we get going. I've got a bunch more photos of photos of the day that, uh, the brew house came in. I've got to put that stuff together and put, put up a little, uh, album. Mm. Um, but we'll also have some, photos as things start coming together. So, uh, it's, it's a little cramped in the brew house right now because we've got some things that aren't in their final resting place, but once like the boiler gets set in it's final location and some of the fermenters can get set and it'll, I, I feel like I'm going crazy in there cause nothing's where it's supposed, it, to be. <laughs> it's supposed to be. And I had finally gotten like all the pilot system stuff where I needed it. Now everything is thrown out of whack oh, again. No. So, yeah. Um, Heads, yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna go try to retain some of my sanity while we uh, get this stuff in, but uh, it'll 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 come together. Um, so hopefully within you know a couple months or so we'll we'll start start brewing. So good. Wait, wait, a couple yeah. months. It's gonna take a couple months to get that thing going. Well, we we've got uh, some inspections that have to go along with it as well. So um, who knows? Uh, I I. I don't ever plan on anything going smoothly anymore. Yeah. So okay. there's just no so, point. So you're just thinking, okay, <laughs> two months is probably what's going to take. And if it happens in one month, then bonus, right? I'll be, I'll be thrilled. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that idea. That's good. Good thinking. Yeah. So, uh, other than that, uh, I mentioned we were getting work done on the event room. Well, that work is complete. So our, a, our phase one AV update is done in there. Um, and, uh, we've got, everything cleaned and put all back together. And we actually had our first event in there, uh, yesterday oh, sweet. as we record this. So, um, we actually had two events this weekend, um, one in the event room and then one that ended up just being hosted in the tap room because we were closed on Sunday anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they decided to use the tap room and be closer to the bar and all that. So nice. Nice. Can you, can you say how many people were in each event? Was it a pretty big event? Each one? Uh, the first one was pretty small. It was only like 15 people. Okay. Um, and then the one that we had today was, uh, I think like 45. Oh, nice. That's good so, size. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's just nice uh, being able to utilize that space. And although now we're uh, like, oh, man, now that we don't have this huge, you know, 15 hundred square foot storage. Yeah. Room. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, uh, find some homes for some things. Yeah. Uh, so a yeah. uh, couple of things that were like, yeah, it was some like old cabinetry and stuff. They're like, well, we might find a use for this. And now we're like, we're not going to find a use yeah, for this. Yeah, <laughs> get rid of it. <laughs> it's mostly junk and falling apart anyway. So <laughs> I'm not going to devote time to fixing it up when I don't no. even have space for it. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. 
but uh, yeah, we're we're getting things squared away. So I think the next uh, the next room that like I'll say non brewery division that'll be put together will be the office, which has just kind of been sitting in limbo. Okay, um, and then yeah, I don't know. Well, we're slowly moving towards uh, completion. Good. So that's awesome news, John. This is like besides. Hearing the news that you finally opened up to the public, uh, that was great news. This is the second great news. The third great news will be when you actually have your first beer brewing in that system, and then that's it. We're it's like it's like real for sure. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> the good news will be the first beer that makes it to packaging. Ah, you know, true. And true. I don't have to dump. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, hey, that is some awesome news. Um, let's go into some some uh, activities that we've we've done since our last recording. I'll, I'll go ahead and start since John just got done giving his Trek Brewing update. Uh, I just got back from visiting my daughter in Pocatello, Idaho, which is about 250 miles away from Boise, where I live. And she graduated college uh, in December. But because the university she went to, which is Idaho State University, doesn't do dual uh, commencements, they only do one commencement uh, per year in the spring, she decided to go ahead and, you know, she wasn't sure if she was going to walk or not, but because this is, you know, a, a major event, I thought it was important for her to go and walk and she wanted to walk too. So we went ahead and, and, and got together. Um, my wife and I, we, we drove down Friday morning. Uh, we met her at her classroom. She, she's actually a teacher and she's teaching fifth grade and she wanted to show off uh, her kids to us. So we showed up right at the end of school and visited with her classroom, had a great time, visited with her school. Uh, all the teachers there really, I mean, I was so impressed with, you know, how much the teachers were fr very friendly, uh, had nothing but kind things to say about my daughter and her and her work that she's doing. Uh, made me feel good. Then we went out uh, uh, for dinner and uh, also we went to a bar. So I want to talk about the event of the bar uh, there's a, a fairly new craft beer bar that opened up in Chubbuck, right outside of Pocatello. It's called Wanderlust. And uh, before this, there was a, you know, a, you know, there was a couple other bars that kind of you know served a little, a few craft beers on tap, uh, but nothing that was just all craft beer and had a, a, a very large variety. I think they had 20, 20 or more taps, and all of them were a, a very good variety of beers and ciders. Uh, so we went and visited. She'd been going here since it's open. She really enjoyed it, uh, and and she wanted to show it off to us. So we we went and we tried some beers there. And I'll tell you, it's a nice little spot. Uh, it's not perfect. Uh, I think they they've got uh, a good thing going. That you know the place was uh, had a, a, a several you know had a, a bunch of different people in there uh, enjoying beers of all ages. You know some that were right in the college age frame, some that were like older than me. Uh, enjoying, you know, sitting around so trying samples of beer and, and enjoying themselves. I really like that. I like seeing craft beer, you know, have a, a wide range of, of people enjoy it in that, in a town that is not known for craft beer. They had, they do have one craft beer brewery there. Um, but that's it. You know, that's, that's pretty much all they have. Uh, I will say where they need to improve on is that they didn't have any kind of, um, chart or list of the beers they had on tap. I, uh, I, it now, you know, in this day and age, with so many people that are really, uh, you know, into craft beer, they want to know what they're drinking, what breweries from, how much alcohol it is, what style it is. 
you you really need to have a tap list that gives them some information. Be and if you don't have that list, the people behind a the bar, they sure as hell better know what's on tap. And that's the other problem is that when I ask questions, uh, nobody knew the answer to my questions. Like even what brewery that beer is from, <laughs> you know, I have a tap panel that says, uh, I, I see that brewery is this. Uh, what beer is it? Or I see the beer is this. What brewery is that from? And, and what style is that beer? You know, I, there wasn't a lot of information. That is where it kind of needs to, some improvement. If they had a, a digital board, a TV with some kind of a menu item, kind of like what you got, John, where you can easily mm -hmm. go up there and, and change the name, uh, put some information in there using the computer, a, you know, website. I think that would really benefit that business for the craft uh, connoisseurs like myself and a lot of other craft beer enthusiasts to come in there and really uh, have a good experience. Um, I had a good experience, but I just it just kind of took it down a notch when you know people didn't know about the beer and, and I had to kind of you know answer my own questions on what I was getting. Uh, but I I did have a beer that I had a couple beers. For one thing, uh, I had my beer that I ordered and I had my daughter's beer that she ordered because she didn't realize that the beer she ordered was a milk stout and she can't have lactose it really messes even in milk stouts the, the it messes up her gut and uh the beer she had was the elysian split shot it's a it's a split between uh, mm -hmm. a milk stout and a coffee stout now, you've had that beer right john yep yeah um i've had this beer too i've had it in six packs years ago but i haven't this is the first time i revisit it and i revisit it because i didn't realize what she had ordered we got back to the table and I asked, what'd you order? And she goes, oh, I ordered that, uh, that Elysian beer. I said, oh, that, that beer is a milk stout, honey. She goes, it's a milk stout. I said, yeah. I said, oh, she says, I can't drink it. I said, okay, I'll drink it. Go get another beer. <laughs> so I got stuck with the beer that, that she was drinking, which I finished that one after I finished my beer. And uh, I'll tell you what, that split shot is a very good, it's probably one of my favorite milk stouts, mainly because even though you can you can get a sense of that, uh, the milk stout uh, character, the, the little bit of sweetness in there. It's not, it's not too overbearing because the coffee kind of has a nice roasty coffee character that kind of pulls you away from that milk stout, um, you know, kind of body. Uh, and I enjoyed it. But the beer I had that I really enjoyed is from Omegang Brewing. And it's part of their Game of Thrones series. And they've been doing these Game of Thrones beers for years. And I've had a couple of them at, when I can get them. We, they don't necessarily come to Boise. They, they may come, but they, they usually hold a pretty pricey, hefty price tag. And I and the styles that I see that they are, I'm like, do I really want to pay that price for that style? And I'm like, no, I'll pass. You know, I'll wait for a style that I think I'm going to enjoy. Well, this was a style that I wanted to try because it was their... Um, Game of Thrones Hand of the Queen English Barley Wine and I'm like oh man I can't pass up an English Barley Wine I love that style so I, I had a, a globe of that I think it was a 10 ounce pour uh, that sucker was like 11 or 12 percent I think it was 11 percent 11 or 12 percent a pretty hefty uh, ABV but I'll tell you what it was done so well, you could not tell that it was 11% or 12% or whatever it was. It was very smooth, nice English malty barley wine, uh, not too heavy on the malt. Uh, character that came across like, um, if I remember correctly, I think I said it was like raisins 
and plums. So it's kind of like you got that raisiny character. Maybe like I was also trying to characterize even the raisins. The raisins were more like those green raisins, right? The the, the character of those uh, raisins, mm. along with um, some of that, like a plum, like a like a the sweetness from a plum. Uh, and man, I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed it. Super smooth. Uh, I, I think a lot of people have an opportunity to get in this beer in their area, and I recommend giving it a shot. I really enjoyed it. I gave it four four cap rating. John, have you seen this beer come through Ohio? Uh, no, um, but I haven't been to the bottle shop for a while. I've mm. been picking up at the grocery when I'm grabbing other things um, okay. for the small amount of beer that I'm bringing home. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, hey, I, I just want to recommend that um, it's a good barley wine. If you guys, if anyone out there is trying to get into barley wines, this would be a great one to try because you, it doesn't have any negative aspects to it. It's just, it's not boozy. It doesn't burn. Uh, it's just really smooth, great malt character, uh, really, really good. So uh, I just want to finish up the trip. So basically did that. Next morning, up bright and early, breakfast. Uh, we, we get her to the, the stadium where she's having her graduation uh, at 9 o'clock. Uh, and then we go in, get seats. Starts at 10. Uh by one o'clock, we were leaving, <laughs> or maybe one thirty. I guess what about one fifteen? We were leaving. I mean, it took three hours to get through that commencement. Um, and then we headed out. We had a party uh, that we, you know, made some food, uh, had some beer. Now, we had there's beer there, but we focused on because it was Cinco de Mayo yesterday. We just decided we was we were gonna do margaritas, so we had a variety of margaritas. Uh, had a good time celebrating my daughter's uh, walking commencement. You know. The final step of her leaving the university and uh, you know getting out in that world, real world. So, so that that was my trip. That was my uh, my event for this last time. We just got back about two hours ago, so uh, it was a I mean really busy, busy, busy weekend. But hey, I still have time to come in and record with you guys. So that, that's what we're doing. One last thing I want to mention: uh, we mentioned a couple shows ago when we did a segment on beer trading and alternatives to getting uh, beer from places you can't, you know, go and, and buy it in person. And one of those sites we talked about that I didn't have a lot of information because I never tried it. And I think, you know, John tried, didn't have a good uh, experience with the shipping portion, but one of those services was either, what, what I don't know, Taver or Tavor. I don't know how to say it. T O. How do you spell it? T A V O R O T A V O U R. And uh, and then the next show, one of our listeners, I think it was Tom Byrne, or was it? Oh, now I now I feel bad. I'm gonna remember. I can't remember who mentioned that. It's a set fifteen dollar. Oh, you know what? I think it was Craft Beer Joe. He's mentioned that it was a set fifteen dollars shipping, and I was like, okay, I'll, let me try this out. Fifteen dollars shipping isn't bad, so. Since that episode where uh, Craft Beer Joe mentioned the shipping, I went and checked it out, signed in, um, and then started gathering beers for delivery. And uh, I wasn't I wasn't sure how this system worked. Basically, they will release a beer that will be available for you to buy, and they release like two or three a day. And you have an app, and if you find a beer that you like, you just buy it. You buy it then, but you don't have to ship it right away. And you can collect the beers you buy and 
at a given time, you can have them all shipped for one set fee. So you pay that $15 fee, whether you have one beer you're shipping or whether you have 24, 30, 50 beers you ship. And so what I did is I started collecting beers until I got to 15 beers. And at that point, I said, okay, ship it. And, it, and at the end of the week that you choose to ship it, they will then collect your beers, charge you $15, and then ship the beers to you. Um, and those beers will be with me either Monday or Tuesday. And I will report back on episode 100, my experience using this service, give a little mini review, and let, let you guys know if you guys uh, should give it a shot or not, give it a try. Uh, I will mention that there is uh, an incentive. There is a, if you uh, um, refer someone or get referred by somebody, uh, each of you can get $10 uh, back on your next shipping, next shipping or shipment. So if you order one, one shipment on your next shipment, you can get $10 uh, to use in that second shipment. Okay, John, I talked enough. What about you? What kind of cool, exciting things did you do since our last episode? So I'm like conditioned to say nothing. Yeah. Uh, but I actually had something this time. Uh, I was able to go down to Florida for a couple of days. Um, and of course, when I went down to uh, Southwest Florida, uh, our buddy Chris went to Vegas. So oh. <laughs> we were in the same, same state uh, when, when we went down there. But uh, on, on my way to the airport, uh, we stopped at uh, a brewery. So I got, got got a brewery experience when I was down there, and we went to Momentum Brew House uh, in Naples, okay. Florida. Um, and it's a cool little spot. They uh, they're kind of in a half of what appears to all used to be like auto body type place mm -hmm. or oil change type place, and they they've got like maybe two thirds of the building now. Uh, but when you pull in. Uh, all the, the like bay doors were open, like showing the brew house. And, uh, they've got some of that space is, uh, uh, carved out that you could, um, sit at some tables and, uh, drink like next to the brew house. Uh, they've got some cornhole set up in there. Um, so it was a neat, it was a neat little spot. Um, I had, uh, a couple beers, um, while I was there. Uh, the first one was a Berliner. Uh, which I had, I'd asked to just get a little taste of before I, I did it. Um, because it, I, I've been burned by some bad Berliners, uh, in the past. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like, well, that's good. Cause like, well, people either really like this or don't. And I was like, oh gosh, because everyone should like a Berliner um, vice. I mean, uh, come on. Yeah. Well, I think some people just aren't ready for sour, you know, they don't know what it is. Um, but uh i enjoyed that beer it, it was nice refreshing uh had a good tartness to it um and uh so i, I got one of those and, and enjoyed that and then um uh, then i followed that up with uh a saison uh that they had um oh. which, which was also nice so well, i wouldn't put it quite at the level of the berliner um but but it was good and uh other folks had like uh, pale ale and IPAs and uh, the, the sips I had of those were, were good as well. So I, I enjoyed my, uh, my little stop at momentum. Um, and uh, wish I could have gotten to do a little more beer stuff down in Florida, but it was a bit of a whirlwind trip. Mm. Uh, Kristen and the kids got to be down there all week and I flew down uh, Sunday night and was flying back out Wednesday. So that's a pretty uh, short trip, pretty quick, but I had to get back 
to uh, keep the brewery going. Yeah. So. Yeah. Gotta brew yeah. that beer. Yeah. So that's it for me. Okay. All right. Well, you, hey, why don't you keep talking? Why don't you talk about some other noteworthy beers that you might have tried? Sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I've got the, the High Wire Goza uh, tonight. And so I'll mention another High Wire beer real quick uh, that I had last night, which was the, their uh, lager, um, High Wire Lager. And uh, I had this one after uh, tinning bar for 10 hours. Um, <laughs> and you needed week. one by then. <laughs> we, we expanded our hours this weekend. So now we're open uh, 12 to 10 on Saturday. And I was there the uh, whole time. And actually, I was there starting at like 930 because we were prepping the event room for the event that night. Um, but uh, yeah, I was ready for a beer when I got home. <laughs> um, and th- this one hit the spot, uh, for, for that. And maybe I was influenced a bit by the circumstances, but, uh, Hey, I enjoy that sitting down and enjoying that beer and just decompressing. So, nice. um, it was good for, good for something. Um, and another one I mentioned is from North high brewing, which I'm, I'm starting to mention with more frequency, it seems, um, as, uh, I'm digging into their, their catalog a bit more. And this one is the final countdown, uh, which is a double IPA and some pretty sweet looking pink and blue cans. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's, it's a really nice, uh, really easy to drink uh, double IPA, um, which I think people are getting uh, much better at having these be more palatable and not smacking in the face with anything. Um, there people, it seems that everybody's now learned, um, (laughs) the way to go. Um, and, uh, the interesting thing about this beer is it always, uh, seems to start out like with some like nice citrus tropical. And then as it warms, it kind of morphs into a bit more like a piney resiny type thing. And so I, it always like kind of is hitting on, two different ends of the spectrum for me mm. as I go through it. And I don't know if I just happen to be eating something when I'm drinking this beer that's doing it, but I, I seem to the last couple of times it, it's kind of morphed. It's kind of, kind of cool. And I'm, I'm really enjoying this beer. Good. So nice. I think I've got one more to enjoy. So hit that. And then I'll just make a quick, uh, hit for anybody in mad trees, uh, distribution that the, Entropic Theory is back out, which I had talked about last year and really enjoyed. Um, and uh, we just put a keg of it on tap today. So I got, I <laughs> took, a, took a sip for quality control to make sure everything was oh, good, okay, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, if, if you can get your hands on that, it's a really good IPA. So Nice, nice. I, I've got a Mad Tree beer coming, Sabretooth Tiger. No, it's Ryan Guy. Sorry. Which one do I have? Oh. Oh, wait. Infusion. No, that's Hoppin' Frog. Oh, I don't have a Mad Tree. I thought I... Never mind. I thought I had some Mad Tree in my Taver shipment, but I don't. I have Rheingeist, and I have uh, Hopping Frog. So, you know, try some Ohio Love. There you uh, go. So I can, yeah, talk. I, can, I can talk. There's nobody here that's willing to send you anything. So. I know. So I just got to do it myself. I got <laughs> I got to pay a premium price just to try the beer. Although I, I will be visiting. It's gonna be it's gonna be later in the summer because uh, something came up in June. So I won't be able to visit in June. But hopefully, you guys will be ready. 
hopefully you'll be brewing off the big system in July because I can come in. I'm going to be coming in July now. Yeah, I'll believe that. Just keep, I don't know. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a party. It's gonna be a party at Trek. <laughs> so I'll I'll yeah. fill everyone in okay. when I know. I've more. got an event room available. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a very very reasonable price. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, those are some good beers. I have just a few too that I want to mention. All, all these beers I'm gonna mention, I gave four cap ratings on Untapped, so they're all really. Uh, you know, good quality beers. First one, because John was talking about uh, a Goza that he's drinking right now, I'm going to talk about a Goza that I tried, I had over this last couple of weeks from Anderson Valley. It's the Framboise Rose Goza. And I'll tell you what, I really enjoy this Goza. Uh, and here's what's unique about this one. Uh, this one was, it had a, a, a three-phase transition, right? Right up front, you had the tartness. The tartness hits you right when you put it to your lips. Goes right to the mid. You have tartness. Then right in the middle, so the salt comes in. It cuts that tartness. And then right after that, you start to uh, taste the raspberry flavor in the finish. The raspberry flavor comes out, and it's like blended perfectly with the coming down from the tartness and the salinity and just kind of has a nice dry raspberry flavor not sweet not cloying or anything like some syrupy thing very nice and uh, i mean the raspberry was just right it wasn't too much and i'll tell you what i really enjoyed this beer uh, i i think that anyone that can you know get anderson valley in their area should really go ahead and grab a can and try it i think you'll really enjoy it have you had this one yet john no i was just trying to look it up i don't think i have I've had some of their other yeah, yeah all, all their gozas are good. Bell. Yeah, all they have the blood orange one out right now too. They have the gin and tonic one. I've had a, several of those. Um, yeah, those are really good. I mean, all, all of their all of their gozas are good. I mean, they they do some some great stuff. And this is just another one to add to the list uh, and, and try it. I think a lot of our listeners have had it. I know Kevin and, and Amanda. The, they they've had it and enjoyed it, and and several other listeners that I don't remember off the top of my head right now have tried it and enjoyed it. So. Yeah, give it, give it a try. Give it a try. Yeah, and of the the uh, beers on tap for them that actually have a label and aren't barrel aged for Goza. Yeah, <laughs> it, this one's got the highest rating. So. Oh wow. Well, good. Good. I, I guess I should look up the rating, huh? Three eight. Three eight. I gave it a yeah. four, so I'm I'm right. I'm a little bit higher on the scale, but I appreciate the style. So, okay, another beer. That really hit me by surprise. I didn't know what to think, although I love this brewery, and I don't talk enough about it because they, they, I don't know, they, they typically don't put out a lot of new stuff, and I don't drink a lot of their old stuff, but it's from Bridgeport Brewing in Portland, Oregon. And this is an IPA called Our Original IPA Wet Hopped, and they used... Idaho 7 Hops, and I've mentioned on the show many times that this Idaho 7 Hops, a new hop right here in Idaho, developed here, um, and it's and honestly, to me, it's a hit or miss whether the brewery knows how to brew with this hop effectively to make it a flavorful, good experience, because sometimes it comes across too vegetable or, or you know, too... Uh, I, it comes across odd, and sometimes it comes across like perfect. Well, guess what? These guys did 
this hop right, uh, single hop, I think, origin. I think it only had one hop in it. Maybe it had some bittering hops, but I, this is the, the main focus hop was that 07. And I'll tell you what, it was so tasty. It had some great flavor. Now, they call it wet hop, but I don't know if necessarily, I mean, it's not the season for wet hop uh, beers, right? So I don't know if it just means that they didn't, mm. you know. Unless it's something from uh, the other hemisphere. No, it's Idaho 7. It's oh. right here from. Oh, sorry. Idaho. I missed that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, an Idaho 7 hop is not being produced right now. <laughs> so no. I, I'm, yeah, not, uh, I'm not sure what, what it is, but who cares? The beer is fantastic. I really enjoy this one. Um, if you've had Idaho 7 hops before and, and, and the beer didn't, you just, just didn't like the beer, don't give up on it because I almost gave up on it until I started drinking some beers that were actually doing it. You know, the breweries were doing it right, right They're They were utilizing the flavors, whatever it might be, but the time and boil, I don't know. I don't know what the, the control characters, you know, car- control things that, that, that determine the, uh, you know, what kind of flavor impact you're going to have, but the breweries that have experimented with it and, and it got it, get it right. It, it's a wonderful hop. The ones that don't, it really is not a good beer, in, in my opinion. I, I mean, it's, it's like good, bad. There's no in, in between with this hop for me. Uh, and this was a good one. Uh, I don't know how far Bridgeport distributes. Uh, I know it's on the West Coast for sure. But if you see this one, don't don't think it's going to be the typical Bridgeport IPA, right? The, the original Bridgeport IPA is one of my favorite beers, IPA-wise, back in the time. But it's an old-school, piney, bitter IPA. It's not what you you normally experience today with those uh, a big aroma, big flavorful, uh, you know, citrus and and tropical fruit and different you know fruit flavors. No, their IPA, original IPA, was just piney bitter goodness, and I drank a lot of it back in the in the early two thousands. Um, and this is, I think, using that, but using instead of using the the hops they used before, they use Idaho Seven. Very flavorful, very good. Okay. I talked too much. I didn't want to talk that much, but I, I had to. That was a, a great one. <laughs> the last beer I won't talk too much about. I'm just going to say if you want a beer that is a fantastic beer to drink during summer or after you've just worked your ass off and you're sweating and you just need something to quench your thirst and you don't want anything too heavy, but you want something drinkable, this beer is for you. From Sierra Nevada, it's called Beer for Drinking. And it's a golden ale. And I'll tell you what, this is a very good golden ale, very well balanced with just a little bit of bitterness in the finish, not too bitter, nice malty character up front, not too malty where it kind of clings to you. It's just very well balanced, easy drinking, 19.2 ounce can for $2 a can. Um, Worth it. I love this beer. I'm going to be buying more of this during the summertime just to quench my throat. You know what? I should have bought a six pack for this recording because I definitely would be having a lot more beer right now than I'm drinking. This the update on this beer. No, I think I just uh, grew numb to it that second, third sip because as I'm finishing this beer, it is still burning like hell going down. So I just want to give update that the uh, Asylum <laughs> Triple, stay away from it if you don't like having burning esophagus, just so you know. Okay, that's my beers. Let's go into voicemail. We did have one voicemail from our buddy, Chris McKenzie. He just wanted to say hi. So let's hear what Chris had to say. 
What's up, guys? It's Chris and Megan calling you guys from Las Vegas, Nevada, sitting poolside, enjoying some beers and some cucumber crush and some Cali cream and cream ale. Megan's got some uh, nice island pineapple sour from Love Lady Brewing right here in Las Vegas. Just wanted to call you guys up, say hey. Hey. <laughs> and uh hope you guys are doing good. Hope we get to uh, talk to you all soon. And uh, have a great weekend. Bye, guys. All right. Thanks, Chris. We miss you, too. And guess what? If you are available in two weeks uh, for episode 100, join us for the big show. I don't know what we're doing. But, hey, we'll have you on, and we'll have some fun. As far as other feedback, um, let's get an update on Twitter poll that we asked in the last episode. The Twitter poll was, spring is in the air, or at least moments of spring. What beer styles catch your fancy in spring? We had some good, you know, some good response to this Twitter poll. We had 30 votes. I think that's the most votes we had. Maybe I, I, I'm not keeping track, but it seems like a lot of votes. And this was the closest of the polls we've had yet. Of the four choices you had to choose from, you had lager, wheat ale, saison or farmhouse ale, and pale ale. Those are four choices you had to choose, and we had a very close race. Coming in last, a little bit further away from everyone else, was the saison farmhouse ale with only two votes. I don't know. I feel sad about that one because I think Saison's a great springtime. You know, I, I was one of the votes for that one, so I guess uh, I'm in the minority there. Uh, but, hey, two of us liked it, me and someone else. I'm glad that I'm not alone. Uh, coming in second was the Wheat Ale. Seven votes. Not too shabby. Wheat Ales are great during springtime. Yeah, I've been getting some requests for that at the, the brewery. Oh, good. You should definitely you should definitely do uh, Wheat Ale for sure. And then... Uh, Really close, very close between first and second. With 10 votes, you had the pale ale, and with 11 votes, you had the lager. Wow. Lager is the clear winner. Well, I won't say clear. Is barely the winner <laughs> for the springtime beers with a close second to pale ale. I think pale ales are also a great beer for uh, springtime. So, you know, I'll throw in, you know, ale beat lager. 19 to 11 just saying yeah but there is three ale, ale ale encompasses a lot of stuff pale ale is a specific style i think the the, the whole poll is flawed i'm uh, just okay john <laughs> you need to come up with some twitter polls and if my polls are flawed that's not the first flaw that you've uh i've never thought your poll was flawed okay all right well it's it's okay I, i'm trying i'm trying i have some <laughs> sad news though john uh, because I literally rolled in two hours before we started recording and I had to finish getting some notes ready for the show, I did not put out a Twitter poll for this session. So, sorry, guys. You'll have to wait uh, at least a week. Maybe I'll put one out in the middle of the week and you guys can answer it for our next show. That'd be great for episode 100. Actually, you know what? That's what I'll do is I'll make a poll that something, you know, something surrounds celebrating episode 100 and I'll put that out either in a few days or by the time you hear this, maybe I'll have it out already. It'll be a mystery. And that's pretty much it. That's it. We do have a, a Trek Brewing name that beer contest. We had, we, you know, we're still getting entries in. Uh, you still have time. We're going to announce uh, the winners in episode 100. And if John decides to use a name that you guys, you know, suggested, hey, we'll send you a Trek Brewing t-shirt as a thank you for helping John pick a name. So get your 
Get your names in to uh, tapthecraft at gmail.com. That's how I'd prefer it. Just send us an email. Uh, tell us the name, the style that you think it would grow, go good with, and you know, provide a little extra detail. Provide us why you chose the name you did. Why is it significant to being a Trek beer? What, you know, what Trek is all about, the adventure of, of being on your beer journey. So, yeah, get that in. You have just uh, a couple more weeks to get your entries in. All right. If you want to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or on Twitter at tapthecraft. And, of course, feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. Chris would love to hear from you uh, and, you know, get a little bit more action on that Facebook page. And don't forget, we do have a voicemail number. Don't make, you know, don't let Chris be the only one leaving voicemails. You can do it. You can leave a voicemail at 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY. And, uh, you know, leave your feedback. Tell us, you know, how good we're doing or tell us how we suck or just tell us about your beer journey. I'd love to find out about that, but you can do that easily. And I want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we know you'll find some other great shows like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Forum Radio Network over at openforumradio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Forum Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, Thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. Now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. This week, we are going to dive into the, the German alt beer style, and I want to let you guys know um, I'm not an expert on this, so I had to go out and find some sources so one of the sources that I did use for this content came from Wikipedia in their Alt Beer Wikipedia. And I'll have a link of that in the show notes. So if you want to go visit yourself and see what else they have to say, uh, go ahead and click the link and, and visit. And I also have uh, some stuff from All About Beer. They did a special on Alt Beer in their uh, magazine, online magazine. And I'll have that link in the show notes also so you can go and find more information. I only took out snippets that I thought was uh, important to our discussion. And let's start off with some general style notes on the alt beer and kind of understand where this beer came from, what it is, uh, you know, wh wh how the name came about, what country, you know, I already told you it came from Germany, so you'll know that. But let's just talk about some general information. So first off, alt beer. It's German for old beer, not old beer as in it's old stale beer, but an old style of brewing beer back in historical times of, of brewing. And it's a style of beer brewed in the historical region of Westphalia and around the city of Dusseldorf, Germany. Its name comes from being hop fermented, which is an older method than bottom fermenting of, of other lagered beer. So it's top fermented. Uh, all beer is usually a dark, dark color, dark copper color. And it is fermented at a moderate temperature using top fermenting yeast, which gives its flavor some fruitiness, but matured at a cooler temperature, which gives it a cleaner and crisper taste, more akin to a lager beer style than the norm for the for normal top fermented beer. So it's a little bit of a, you know, of a hybrid of of the style, which is kind of cool. And that's why I think when I try alt beers, 
you know, every one is a little bit different and it's hard to pinpoint what this beer is because it's not like anything else you've had. It's, it's really distinct, uh, really different. And uh, I, I kind of appreciate it, especially that, that Alt Nouveau that I, I talked about or Alt, Alt Nouveau, Nouveau, I think. Um, some Alt Boop, this Alt Beer is going to kill me. Some Alt Beer breweries have a tradition of producing a stronger version called the Sticky Alt. Is that right? Sticky? Or is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's German. From the local dialect word meaning secret. So this is a secret alt. And it's a, it's a higher uh, alcohol version of their alt beer. So if you really want to have the secret alt and get loaded, then you know go seek out this uh, sticky alt. <laughs> I think that's what it is. So originally a special reserve beer intended for the brewer's own consumption, that's what this uh, sticky alt, it is generally a seasonal or special occasion brew and stronger in taste and alcohol as well as darker than the brewery's normal alt beer. So that sticky beer is something special that is usually only reserved for the brewers in their special secret batch. So it's kind of like what you were talking about, John, you know, at the cloudburst, you got to have the phone, phone in that secret beer. Yeah. You have to have the no for that. So next, let's go ahead and, and talk about more details in the malt, hop, and fermentation characteristics of an alt beer. So, John, why don't you start off with something about the malts? All right. Uh, so, in general, the uh, grist is composed of Pilsner malt, Munich malt, and a small measure of dark varieties such as caramel or black malt. Uh, the Pilsner malt provides a crisp backbone to the beer. Uh, Munich malt uh, provides some multi flavor and aroma. I hate when things are described that way. Of course, it gets a multi flavor. It's malt. Um, uh, a bit more residual or dextrinous character and the copper bronze color. Yeah, it'll, it'll add the, co the color as well as some bready toasty notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go off the cuff there. I, I was going to, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that I did leave some words out. So, I was I put toasty malt flavor in there, and then I took it out because I I it is like a crack. I, I won't. I, I don't know if it's toasty. It's like it's. I think the Munich malt that the the way that they they toast it or roast it gives it a uh, a toasty. You know, like a like a toasty flavor. Well, it it also depends on the monster and the level of Munich because there's light and dark Munich as okay. well. So okay. There, it can go in different directions, but um, I, I just get annoyed by this provides multi flavor. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's I, all it's I, all malt. Yeah, I, I've again, I was gonna put the toasty in there, but I didn't know if I was overstepping my thought process on it, so I left it out. Believe in yourself, you can do this. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the dark malts uh, used in very small quantities are used to color the beer uh, only and maybe add a little bit of uh, body. Mm -hmm. um, and the malts are mashed in such a manner that helps create a dry finishing product, which means low temperature. Yeah. Okay, good. Low temperature. See, John, the expert brewer, added some extra information there. So those are the malts. So now let's complement those malts with some hops. Let's talk about the hops that they're using or, or how they're using the hops in the thing. So they say that authentic alt beers are among the more heavily hop beers. Which is interesting, right? Because 
German beers aren't really known for having heavy halt, you know, heavy malt, uh, or I mean, heavy hop, you know, big, you know, like IPA level hops. But the alt beer has a lot of uh, uh, hop in there. So the actual quantitative measure of an alt beer's bitterness would seem to be at the same or appropriate level for an IPA. So the amount of hops they're going to put in this thing is what you would think would be, you know, used for uh, an IPA, uh, but it's not an IPA. The taste, however, reveals a dry, lingering bitterness that is not at all lopsided. And that is part of the enjoyment I had in drinking that beer from, um, from North Coast, is it really had a really good balance between that malt and the bitterness. The bitterness didn't come across like a hoppy, flavorful bitterness. It just came across as a finish that was dry and had a little bit of bitterness lingering in there, but it wasn't too much. It was just a right amount. And that really impressed me because it was, you know, it was kind of, I don't know, just like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Just a, you know, not too sweet, malty, uh, not bitter, not too bitter, just a good, even balance there. And, and, a, and a malt character was on the, you know, a little bit on the cereal, uh, toasty side of that. I, I don't want to say like toasty, like, uh, like a brown ale. It wasn't quite like a brown ale, but it was more like cereal ready, but not doughy character. It's hard to explain again, why I left it general malty, because it's hard <laughs> to explain the character to, for me. Uh, the, the loads of the hop, you know, to put a, 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 a shit ton of hops in there. I'll just say that, uh, it's well balanced with the quality of the German malt. So that, nice German malt bill they use, they can put a bunch of hops in there and it doesn't overtake that malt. You still get the, the good character between it. Uh, and also the post-fermentation conditioning at cold temperatures, it reduces the bitterness to a very noticeable but less sharp edge to that bitterness. And that's exactly what I felt too. I knew that was bitterness was there, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't slapping you in the face with the bitterness. It was, it was very, uh, you know, very pleasant. Well, and as we talked about, you know, as you age a beer and condition it in any way, hops are the first thing to go. So yeah, that's true. It'll that's start true. to soften and drop out. Yeah, yeah. And they mentioned that the hop additions for flavor and aroma are kept very minimal. So you don't want to add character from the hops except for the bitterness. Let's see. Traditional German hop varieties are used, such as Halletau, Tettenang. What is that? Pearl? Perlet? Mm -hmm. Pearl? No, spalt, and with spalt being the signature hop for the more traditional recipes. All right, so there's the hops. Now, John, how are we going to ferment these alt beers? All right, uh, so the uh, alt beers are top fermented, mm -hmm. a.k.a. ale yeast. Ale yeast. Um, uh, but because they were brewed in the cool climate of the lower Rhine, the conditions dictated that a yeast tolerant of lower temperatures was needed. So it's kind of the flip of the California common. Mm -hmm. um, which was a lager, but warmer. So, uh, <laughs> slow, you know, that, that would be the opposite, right? Yeah, that is the opposite. <laughs> so yeah. Spell that out. <laughs> uh, slow and steady workers, all beer yeasts work at temperatures in a range that generally separates the usual ale and lager fermenters. So in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the result is an ale that presents little of the estuary and fruity character of other ales. Um, instead, there is a soft, lightly malty, sweet, toasty aroma that is clean and inviting. Mm -hmm. yeah. See, there's a toasty. There is toasty in there. Okay. Um, 
Altbury's is also special in that it is very aggressive in its ability to attenuate wort, leaving it fairly dry. Uh, alt beers are also unusual ales in that they undergo a period of cold conditioning or lagering uh, to help round out the beer. Yeah. A fully mature alt beer is a beautifully round package of clean, malty flavor produced by tempered and full fermentation and hopped copiously. Copiously. Big then word. finished with a mellowing spell of lagering. <laughs> there you go. And they're sessionable. Four yeah. and a half to five percent ABV. And I bet most people have had alt beer without even realizing it. Um, because Alaskan Amber is an alt beer. Is it really? Yep. Wow. Interesting. I now I have to revisit Alaskan Amber. We did that on a show very early in our recording. We did Alaskan Amber, I thought, right? Didn't we? Uh, yeah, I think we did. Yeah. And and how come I we didn't figure out it was an alt beer back then? <laughs> well, I, I've known that whether I like regurgitated it for the show probably not obviously but well good now you know what i'll have to revisit that one um yeah because i mean i i don't know again this is a a style that you just won't find in a lot of breweries producing you, you'll go to a small local brewery and they may have, you know, they may come through with a, a seasonal beer that they want to try something experimental, or whatever. They throw out an alt. Hey, give it a try and see what what you think, and see how you know. Let us know how they, uh, you know, how it tastes, and if it's something that makes sense with in what we just said. It's, I didn't want to go with the uh, with our normal um, uh, BC, uh, uh, BJCP. Sure, I had to pull that out. BJCP style guidelines <laughs> for this. I want to do something a little bit less, you know, through the books and just kind of give you an idea of the style, what it does, and let you guys go out and experience it for yourself. Because like I said, I've had a lot of these different alt beers over the years and really all of them are a little bit different and some are good and some are not so good. And, and you know, and when you get the good ones that are really good, like this, Again, I'm going to keep saying it. This North Coast Alt Nouveau, Nouveau is really good. You'll keep mispronouncing it. I'm going, every keep, time. I'm going to keep mispronouncing it, but well, you know, you, you get the you get the gist. You'll see it in the show notes if you want to find out the real name. Just uh, look in the show notes. Uh, I mean, it's done really well. I really enjoyed it, and I just I, I'll I mean, I'm going to pick up more of this and drink it during the the, the summertime. Uh, because I, I I think it's a good summer beer too. I think this is a good uh, overall beer to drink any any time of the year. I mean, it's kind of a blend of both of both styles. I like the fact that it's re I mean, really, it's using ale yeast at lower temperatures and then lagering it for time. So it's you know it's it's, it's got a hybrid of 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 both lagers and ales, and I, it, it's kind of cool. I like that. It's not traditional. Yeah, and we did not. We've not done a tasting of Alaskan Amber. Oh, we didn't. No. Oh. Unless we didn't enter it into our notes, but no. No, no. We should have. Yeah, we should have <laughs> put it in notes. So my bad. I thought we did. I thought at one point we did, and maybe it was just fat tire. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. We did fat tire when we did Amber. Uh, well, actually, no. We didn't do fat tire when we did the Amber topic. I don't think. Okay. No, but we did. We did do fat tire, and we talked about holiday recipes okay all right 
All right. Okay. Anything you add to that, John? Did you, I mean, is this something you might eventually want to do on your pilot system? Maybe try out an alt beer? I'm open to anything on, Good. The, on the pilot system. So. All right. All right. I think, uh, I think it's something that, you know, get the style out more. You know, we need to steer away from some of these IPAs. Although I will say, um, in the last month, I've drank a lot of IPA, a lot of IPAs, not just Prismatic, Ninkasi's Prismatic, which I've probably drank two cases now. But I mean, I've been trying a lot of different IPAs that have been coming out, a lot of doubles and a, a lot of different IPAs. I'm kind of IPA'd out. I've, I've already reached my IPA limit, I think. I'm going to start toning back on the IPA. Of course, after my, my shipment comes in, because I have a couple IPAs that I've been dying to try for years, Pseudo Sue, for one, is in that... Uh, my first toppling Goliath beer besides a, a collaboration beer. Uh, I'm looking forward to having that beer. Hopefully waiting the two weeks since I put it on my list hasn't degraded it at all from, uh, from being superior. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start toning down my IPAs, go back, trying some other stuff. Okay. Hey, let's move on, John. We have uh, one quick article I wanted to mention. And uh, this, uh, this article is from beeradvocate.com. It's 50 of the best new breweries uh, opened in the last uh, year and a half. And uh, I, I'm not going to go in detail. We're not going to go through all 50. I'm going to pick out two noteworthy breweries that I talk about all the time on the show. Give them props because now that you've, you know, you, you've heard me ramble on about these breweries over and over again, guess what? I'm not the only one that has high praise. Uh, it, they've been voted by the people of beeradvocate.com, all the users that you know that went ahead and put in breweries uh, as the best new breweries to open. So, John, I'll hit the first one, and then you can talk about the second one. So, right. the first one I'm going to talk about is from Boise, Idaho. Guess what? Boise is in the top 50. Clairvoyant Brewing. Yes, you heard it. Clairvoyant Brewing. I've been rant. I won't say ranting. Raving about this brewery. Almost every show I've mentioned them. I've gone there numerous times. There's only been one, two beers that I've mentioned that fell short of my expectations. One was that Cherry Double from last episode I mentioned, or the episode before last, I can't remember. And then the other one was a uh, Belgian Dark Strong Ale that doesn't live up to the style because I'm a Belgian Dark Strong Ale snob. I have very high standards that better match what I expect in that uh, beer. But everything else has been fantastic. Well, guess what? Clairvoyant Brewing... Boise, Idaho opened September of last year. I'm going to read what they had to say about it here. A quick little uh, uh, statement. Boise's West downtown is vibrant and growing fast, but was missing a neighborhood brewery until Clairvoyant Brewing celebrated its grand opening with a packed house. And I'll tell you what, that place is packed every single time I go in there. So it's, it hasn't slowed down. Owners Mike Edmondson, Tim Carter, and Ryan Kol Kolzik share a love of traditional ales and lagers while head brewer Eric Brooks brings an energetic commitment to sour beers and innovation. The group knows brewing quality be beer. <laughs> the group knows brewing quality beer begins with lots of hard work. They quote, we were on, we were our own general contractor and did the vast majority of the build out ourselves, said Edmondson, filling 16 taps of a modest seven-barrel system requires a creative balance, but their passion is paying off. On any given night, seats at the bar are at a premium. Boiseans 
appreciate the outdoors and quality local beer. Just two minutes from the river and 20 minutes from the mountains, it's like that clairvoyant will scratch that itch well into the future. So um, I, I, don't, I, I think I might have mentioned this when I talked about them opening, is that this brewery took three years to open. And the reason it took three years to open is because literally these guys were building it themselves. They, they were doing as much of the work as they could themselves with the building. They were re, you know, they, they took an old auto garage, you know, like you were talking about at that uh, brewery you visited in Naples. Um, they took an, an, an old auto shop, they gutted it, and they rebuilt the inside to, you know, to meet their needs. And they did all the work pretty much themselves, contracted out the stuff that they couldn't do. But for the most part, all the, the manual labor they did on their off time when they weren't doing their professional career jobs. Uh, and it took time. They didn't want to go into debt. You know, they wanted to, you know, do it, do it without taking as big a risk. But it just took three years to do. Um, and I was really hoping the beer was going to be good once they finally opened because I was waiting for three years. And it finally opened and it wasn't disappointing. Their beer is fantastic. Okay, John, why don't you go ahead and, and just talk about the second brewery? I know, I don't think you've had any of their beer, but you've heard me talk, so you can. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I'll just talk about what you've talked about yeah, yeah. for Revision Brewing Company yeah. uh, in Sparks, Nevada, uh, which opened up in March of 2017. And uh, it says, when when founder brew, founding brewer uh, Jeremy Warren modified his vision for a second brewery he realized it looked less and less like knee deep brewing uh, the sacramento brewery he helped launch to great acclaim uh, which we've also talked yeah. about quite a bit on oh, the show yeah. um hence since revisions uh opening last march in the reno area not only does the brew house look and feel the way he wants it's he's enjoying the creative freedom to develop products as we see fit uh, chiefly that means releasing two new New England IPAs monthly. Uh, Warren's favorite is Disco Ninja, Citra, yeah, Galaxy, yeah. Mosaic, and Amarillo run through the theoretical juicer. <laughs> um, yes, 24 hazies get canned annually, and that's on top of Project Cumulus Lupulus, uh, which includes a Hoppy Hellas, uh, the Revenge Series, and Taproom Only Skunkworks uh, Experimental Beers. Uh, some of the latter are neither pale nor hazy and will eventually resurface after barrel aging. Yeah. So, so interesting. Until this article came out, I had no idea that the brewer was from Knee Deep. And it makes sense. It makes sense because Knee Deep opened up a few years ago and they hit it strong with the IPA, the double IPA, the triple IPA. I mean, they had some serious ipa love going on and i fell in love with their beers as soon as i had them but what's nice about revision is that the beers that they're doing again they're focusing on that new england style two releases a year of or i mean a month and i've talked about the disco ninja fantastic uh beer the glitter moon i've talked about a number of these new england ipa styles that i really enjoy and uh Hey, I'm I'm glad they're doing this. I'm glad it, that they're uh, they're producing something different than Knee Deep, yet still both breweries are are fantastic, and I'm really enjoying Revision. So good for them. I'm just glad to see two breweries I really enjoy on this list. So John, I know you went through the list, and uh, you hadn't had any of the breweries that were listed, have you? 
Nope. No. No. I've been a little busy this last month or last year last while year, all these yeah. places were opening. Yeah. So. so there were a few from the Washington area, but I guess they came about after you left, so that, that didn't help. Um, but yeah, I want our listeners, I'm going to post the link to the article on our show notes. If you, It's also on our Facebook page. Um, go check it out. Uh, check the link out. And the, and the breweries. Let us know if one of your favorite breweries is on that list that nobody has heard of. Let our listeners, you know, we'll, I want to go ahead and, uh, and, and give out some of these breweries that our listeners have enjoyed out to the rest of our listeners to go try if they haven't tried them yet because that's the best thing is word of mouth. If you know that people are enjoying it, I mean, seeing it on a list, you're like, okay, yeah, it's on a list. But a lot of people, who knows how these lists are, are really generated? Is it, you know, did, did, did someone gain the system and get these beers on a list? Or is it for real? Is real people enjoy the beers from these breweries. And I can tell you, real people like me, two breweries on that list, two out of the 50 I've had, uh, and I love. So let us know what you love and uh, so we can check it out. All right, John, guess what? We've come to an end. But before we draw a close to this show, let's just give a few minutes to raise a glass to the people we like to raise a glass to. So who would you like to raise a glass to this week? Uh, this week, I'm going to raise a glass to a couple guys who probably won't ever hear this, but uh, Pete and Dean. Um, <laughs> they're a couple of our regulars. Right. Uh, have come in, and they, they came in hang, hung out with us for a few hours on Saturday in lieu of doing uh, yard work. Um, and we're enjoying a few pints on the patio, but they've been in, I think, uh, every weekend, um, hanging out with us, uh, at the brewery. And, uh, it's, it's awesome getting to know uh, a few folks that have, uh, you know, are becoming regulars, uh, down there. So, uh, it, it's kind of a, kind of a fun, fun piece of it. You know, when, when we're, uh, you know, kind of done with the, the, the grueling part of the work and then out in the tap room getting to, see people enjoying the the fruits of the labor. So, uh, yeah, I'll raise my, my glass to them. Well, good. You know what, John, you can always let them know that there's a great craft beer podcast that they could listen to while doing that yard work. Yeah. Yeah. Although they, I, I like their version of yard work a lot better than just coming and drinking at the brewery. So, <laughs> ah, okay. Well, Hey, you can, you can spread the word of the show. You know, you don't have to keep it a secret that you're famous. Uh. If they yes. knew you were a famous, you know, inter entertainer, then, you know, that might bring more business. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That'll be, that'll be the draw. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, I just have one person I want to raise my glass to. And again, I want to raise my glass to my daughter, Haley, for just really, you know, putting in the effort, knowing what she wanted in life, going after it. Uh, hitting it with full steam and doing a great job. I'm really proud of her. I really am. I don't know. I'm just bubbling with joy and happiness that she is fulfilling her dreams and she's enjoying what she's doing and, and growing uh, so, so, so fast, you know, she's just really maturing and I look forward to seeing, you know, more years to come and, and seeing how, uh, you know, how her life uh, evolves into the next uh, stage, you know, I'm guessing now that she's got through college and she's got a job and she's going to, you know, be, you know, working on that career that eventually, you know, eventually there might be, uh, you know, some romance in it and, and I might, uh, might have a, a, a marriage coming at, at one point, but it's okay if she waits. I don't, I'm okay if she waits till she's like 26 or 27. It's okay. Maybe 30. I need to save up money for that wedding anyway. So. 
and then maybe maybe I can get some beer from Trek, you know, to celebrate, you know, get a, get a, get a keg or two uh, transported over to the area. Yeah, my <laughs> kegs that I can just throw out willy nilly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just send it uh, UPS. Yeah. Okay. Also, I, I just need to raise my glass to all the military men and women out there, out there protecting our freedoms. Uh, without you, you know what? We wouldn't be drinking great beer and uh, talking openly and freely on the airwaves about this great, uh, this great hobby of craft beer. So thank you for your service. Uh, cheers to you and return home safely to your families really soon. And Hopcloth, we just want to raise our glass to Hopcloth Apparel for partnering up with us. And we encourage all of our listeners to go visit their site at www.hopcloth.com. Check out their creative craft beer clothing line. And, of course, use the code TAPTHECRAFT, all one word, TAPTHECRAFT, to, at checkout to get free shipping on your order. And you can find the beers and, of course, all the links to the articles I mentioned in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw and John, how can our listeners follow you on Twitter at prime brewing untapped prime WA, but really, uh, I'm not on that very much anymore. Mm -hmm. So follow the brewery, uh, Trek brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek brewing or on the web, trekbeer.com. All right. All right. Well, it is last call. It is time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank all of you for downloading this to the show. We've, want you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we do release a new show every two weeks. So expect one every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment. The Brew Buzz is just voted to... Okay. Is it? Let me start over. Is it, starting, is it starting to kick in? Just in time for the Brew Buzz? Yeah, just in time for a lot of uh, talking. Yeah, I'll be fine. Don't worry. I'll be fine. Oh, I'm not worried. This is my favorite part. Okay. Okay. We are going to dive into the German Altbill style art... <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I was doing good. Okay, I'll just start. <laughs>